أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا حبيبنا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إما هديناه السبيل إما شاكرا وإما كفورا In Surah Insan, verse number three, Allah says And we have shown you the path, you may accept it and be grateful or you may reject it This is a very interesting verse and I want to talk about this verse and the topic of my conversation today is why so many of our children are leaving Islam. Why so many of our children are leaving Islam. I know you may be thinking, ah, that's a very strange topic to talk about. But we cannot be like ostriches, assuming it's not happening. My brothers and sisters, many of you may not like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I know Unless I speak the truth, unless I open up the discussion, we don't talk about it often amongst ourselves, but we do, because it's how we prepare for it. This question of why our children are leaving Islam does not have any data and hasn't seen much analysis yet. However, in absence of such data or analysis, we have to address this issue from the experiences that we have on a daily basis. Sadly, I've witnessed this on a regular basis. In the last month alone, I've dealt with five young women and two young men who have chosen to leave Islam, become atheist, agnostic, or Christian. Their families have reached out to me asking me for help and support. Brothers and sisters, when I wrote this piece, Many people got in touch with me directly saying, we are experiencing the same. Sadly, I've seen the same in my own wider family. This is an emotional topic for many. We measure our conversations, so therefore we don't want to have a fallout, so we don't talk about it. But we can't shy away from talking about it. My father, who has passed away, my life, mercy on his soul, would be heartbroken and horrified if he was alive today, to see some members of his own family have chosen not to remain in Islam anymore. My father told me when he was in this country, many, many years ago, he met a army general, a British retired army general. And he said to my father, Mr. Hussein, you are here as an economic migrant in our country. You will always remain a foreigner. You'll never accept Britain as your home, and that's okay. We don't want you. But let me tell you something. We will have all of your children. They will leave your religion and reject your culture. There will be ours in every way possible. This was told to my father in the 70s. My father was horrified at that time by this prediction. But sadly, my father's fear and that man's prediction in some ways are coming true. 
My father always reminded me. He taught me the best way he knew. He took me to an Islamic school. When I asked him, why have you taken me to an Islamic school? He said to me, to keep you in Islam. While me going to an Islamic school may have worked for me, there is no guarantee just because you went to an Islamic school that you will be a Muslim for the rest of your life. A couple of days ago, somebody called me up and he said, I have a Hafiz in my school who is a youth worker but has left Islam. There is no guarantee that you will remain on the path. That's why we, the believers, always make the dua. Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qulubana ala dinik. Oh, the one who can turn our hearts, keep our hearts turned in your direction. In other words, in your obedience, in your worship, Ya Allah, keep us. I'm extremely sad that I see people around me leave Islam. But I am also aware some of the reasons why they leave Islam. And I want to talk about the reasons why some of those children who are our children, our brothers, our sisters, our nieces and our nephews choose to leave Islam. Did you know the largest number of those who leave Islam, majority of them are ladies, young ladies, our sisters, our daughters. Do you know why they leave Islam? Because of misogyny. What do I mean by misogyny? Muslims claim that Islam offers man and woman equality, but in practice, Muslims do not treat man and woman equally. Many women have been left to experience misogyny perpetrated by Muslims in Muslim society. Remember, Islam is against misogyny, but Muslims practice and behave misogynistic when it comes to treating their women. Our sisters feel discriminated, even as second-class citizens or status, excluded and often treated as a problem, as the problem. Misogyny manifests its ugly faces deeply in every facets of our lives. Many women feel unequal treatment from the day they're born. They witness their family members having different sets of values and rules. One rule for boys, one rule for girls. Growing up in a family, you observe your brothers being treated differently and you see yourself treated differently. I'm told by girls who tell me, we can't make a single mistake because apparently we'll dishonor the family and bring the entire society upon shame. But our brothers can do anything they like and our parents have two standards, one for boys, one for girls. Can you imagine the burden placed on young women to be pure and perfect? Growing up has enough challenges of its own. These young souls, on these young souls, adding misogyny is simply soul-destroying. This, this double standard between man and woman in the way we treat each other is wholly wrong. It is in total contradiction to Islam. Our Prophet ﷺ did not treat man and woman differently. He treated both of them honorably, equally, with respect and with dignity. Sadly, some Muslim men who behave in this way contribute to our sisters leaving Islam. And this is very sad. Number two, mosques. Mosque buildings are built at vast expense. Amazing carpets, lighting, bathroom, domes, minarets. But very little in comparison is spent on educating and supporting young people, especially Muslims who live in the surrounding area. They become bubbles or an elite club of the elderly 
and the conservative practicing Muslims who hang out at prayer times. It's a comfort zone for them. But for the rest of the Muslim community, hardly any connection or connectivity with the mosque. They do not have culture of openness, an ambience of invitation. Those who feel no affinity to faith or are struggling to make sense of it would hardly find mosque culture welcoming. My brothers and sisters, this mosque may be an exception. But I'm not talking about this mosque. I'm talking about the mosques across the country. And there are 2,000 of them. Brothers and sisters, a place of worship, a mosque, at the time of Rasulullah was not only a place of worship. It was a refuge. It was a shelter. It was a family counseling space. It was social justice, economic development, mental health support. It was an international relations and gatherings of dignitaries, poor, the needy, the powerful, the pauper, the king, every single person, man or woman, orphan or otherwise, were always welcome in the mosque of the Prophet of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. and yet we don't do the same with our masajids today. In fact, not only do we not do the same, our mosques remain closed and used for 20 hours of the day out of the 24 hours that we have. Five daily prayers, each of them if they take a small amount of time. And if we teach our children Quran a few more hours, maximum hours of use is four to five hours. 19 to 20 hours of the time, the mosque is empty, lying dormant, gathering dust. Maybe a gathering of jinns are happening invisibly in the masajids. But the masajids were not created for the jinns. They were created for human beings, your children and my children. Why are these masajids not open adequately? And not only are they closed to our communities, very few masajids in this country have a youth club for their children to play. We have a youth club here. But I want to see a fully serviced youth center where kids can come anytime they want, drop in or drop out accessible for all children, Muslims or otherwise, boys and girls, supervised by our imams, our elders and our teachers. Mosques should be open to our sisters. They should not be given a broom cupboard. Alhamdulillah, we don't. We have a beautiful space for our sisters. But it's not enough to give a beautiful space to our sisters. We should give them, we should ask them, do you feel included? Do you feel empowered? Do you feel part of the overall Muslim society? Many girls tell me, many Muslim girls who have left Islam tell me, no, brother, we were excluded. We were not included. We did not feel part of it. We left. You know, brothers and sisters, Friday we collect money from your pockets. I recommend to every mosque. Half of it should be dedicated to developing youth services and services for the community. Not just paying the bills. What's the point of bricks and mortars, minarets and domes when you have nobody to pray inside? When you have children and man and woman, young boys and girls are leaving Islam in such a number, we're not even thinking about their future, our future. What's the point? Number three, imams. Reasons why some children leave the masajids. We as imams are also responsible. For the last 30 years, we've been complaining, imams don't speak English. But now we do. But our complaints haven't changed. Many imams are inadequately trained. Inadequately trained to serve the community. Many imams are inadequately trained to understand what it means to provide counseling, what it means to provide bereavement counseling, what it means to provide youth activities, what it means to relate, what it means to present Islam properly. In fact, you know what? As an imam, I may be knowledgeable in sharia, I may be knowledgeable in fiqh, I may be knowledgeable in seerah, but what use is my knowledge of fiqh 
and seerah and sharia, if I can't help my community understand sharia, understand fiqh, and live by the teachings of our beloved Prophet Muhammad what good am I if I'm not being trained adequately to be able to support my community? What good am I? You know, brothers and sisters, many imams do not get the training. Not only do, not, do they not get the training, they don't even get the support. They are given peanuts as payments. You know, they are given peanuts as payments. I say in English, and I'll say it to you, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys in return. You want an imam who would spend their time, invest their time and energy in building our communities for the future. You pay them well. You know, most of our imams, once they have graduated, do you know what they're becoming nowadays? They're becoming chaplains in prison because the government is paying them a good salary. They come to the mosque. They barely get a thousand pounds for their job. Well, the mosque needs to think better. Imams need to be provided better. Otherwise, they will have to do something to provide for their family. I remember one mosque when they asked me, would you like to be an imam of our mosque? I said, how much are you going to pay? I was just having a good laugh. They told me they'll pay me 1,500 pounds a month. Allah is my witness. I pay 2,000 pounds a month rent in the house I live. You may be rich. You drive a Mercedes. You drive a Lamborghini. You live in a five-bedroom detached house. Your imam lives in a squalor. Is that acceptable? You have dreams of your children going to private school, becoming doctors and engineers. Your imam also has, a cho has children. He or also has dreams of his children becoming doctors and engineers and leaders of tomorrow. He can't afford to send his children to a private school, but you can. If you don't pay your imams well, how is this imam going to invest his time? And how are you going to attract the best of imams to present Islam to your children and to your community? How, my brothers and sisters, please tell me. Imams are not doing a good job, I know, and I accept, I put my hands up. But it's a two-way street. You need to pay the imams, attract the right imams, train them, support them, have supervision for them, have accountability for them. You account them. Umar ibn Khattab who was the khalif of the ummah, he was standing in the member and he was delivering the khutbah when a woman got up and accounted Umar ibn al-Khattab for saying something that she did not like. I am an imam, yes, but I am not. I'm infallible. I make mistakes all the time. I need supervision. I need support. I need guidance. But I also need you to invest in me. Imams are failing to present Islam to children. Imams are failing to be present in the masajids. You know, my sisters are often complaining to me, the brother, you come to the masjid, do the Jummah khutbah, and you leave. We have no access to you. Brothers do. They can come and ask you. They can question you. They can discuss with you. What about us? We are in a different room. We don't even get to ask you a question. How is that fair? How is that fair? Brothers and sisters, Imams have a role to play, but currently they're not supported. They're not given adequate training and facilities, and that needs to change. Number four, bad parenting. Education of our children starts at home. It doesn't start in school, and it doesn't start when they come to the Imams in the evenings to learn a bit of Quran, they can learn memorization of the Qur'an like a parrot, but they don't necessarily learn adab, how to behave. They don't learn emotional intelligence. They don't learn manners. They don't learn morals. They don't learn language and sophistication from the school or the imam. They learn it from their parents. One of the reasons many children leave Islam is because they have witnessed dysfunctional family, absence of 
a proper family. They've grown up with deep scars in their hearts and their minds. They've seen their children, their parents fight and argue, bicker. They see, they've seen their parents not have a relationship that is adequate for a modern 21st century life. They have seen their children leading a double standard, duplicitous lifestyle. Those children are bitterly disappointed in their parents and they grow up thinking, is that Islam? If that is Islam, I don't want to know. Goodbye, Islam. My parents will remain my parents, but I don't want to know Islam. And I'm dealing with cases like this every day. Many children, my brothers and sisters, experience no love growing up. They're rarely given hugs, kisses, reassurances. They're hardly ever given emotional uh, intelligence. There is an emotional deficit in their lives. If you want your children to remain Muslim, you need to exemplify Islam in their lives when they're young, when they're growing up, with rationale, with reason, with examples, with love and affection. It's not good enough for you to say, I said so, Rasul said so, Allah said so. Why would they accept it? Give them a reason. But if you don't know how to answer questions to your children because you don't have sufficient knowledge, how are you going to give your children answers to sophisticated questions and philosophy? A father came to me recently and he said to me, my son has graduated from Oxford and has got a doctorate degree in philosophy. And he's asking me very difficult questions about Allah, about God. Imam, can you please help? I am, a, I am an illiterate man. I don't know what to do. He's crying inside because he loves his son. But he also knows he doesn't have enough knowledge to encounter his son who is highly educated. How does a, an illiterate father answer the sophisticated question of a PhD philosophy doctorate holding son? How? He can give him a hug. He can give him a kiss. He can give, tell his son, son, I love you. But that doesn't answer the question for the son who has been ans asking questions about Allah all his life. And he never got one. He never got an answer for it. Bad parenting is one of the reasons why children leave Islam. Brothers and sisters, I'll stop here. I can go on and on. I've written a long article on my Facebook page if you want to go and read it. It's a long one. I ask you to read it. It's worth reading it. Do you know why? It will make you think. And if you think I've got it wrong, send me a feedback. Give me a message. You see me here. Talk to me. Together, we must answer the questions of our children. Together, we must create a space for our children for the future. Together, we must create the leaders of tomorrow. Otherwise, otherwise, what is the point of building these messages? What's the point? May Allah forgive us, may Allah strengthen us, and increase us in our iman and, and, and abilities to protect our children and our families. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah Many of the time our children leave Islam because of ignorance. They don't know Islam. And they don't know what it is that it's that they're doing. Why are they Muslim? Why do they pray? Why do they fast? What is God? What is this? They haven't got a clue. One girl asked me the other day, said to me, Imam, tell me, how is the Quran the true book of Allah? How do you? I'm a Muslim girl. I've never been proven that the Quran is the word of Allah. Prove it to me, she said to me. I said to her, have you read the Quran ever? She goes, yes, when I was young, I was forced to go to the masjid and I learned how to read the Quran in Arabic. I didn't understand much. I've forgotten most of it, but I still want to know how the Quran is the word of Allah. I told her. I told her in the best way I knew. Brothers and sisters, bad parenting is one thing, but leaving your children ignorant is something different. You don't know the answer. There are people who do know the answer. 
If you need a car, you will invest in a car. If you need a house, you will move a mountain to buy a house. If you need to send money to your families and friends in countries abroad, when they're ill, you will do everything possible. And yet you can't find a private tutor, a good imam, a good teacher who can teach your children Islam adequately. You may not know, but somebody does. You spend hundreds and thousands of pounds paying for Sky Sports, but you're not willing to pay for an Islamic channel, even five pounds a month. It's too expensive for you. It's called ignorance at its worst. The first word of Revelation is Iqra, read. In the first five verses of Revelation, Allah talks about writing. Allah talks about contemplation. Allah talks about science. Allah talks about embryology. Allah talks about the universe. Allah talks about how to bring light to the world from the darkness. How to bring knowledge to the world in the first five verses of the Quran. In that, Allah gives a pathway. He paves the way to creating a society based on knowledge. And yet, our children remain ignorant about their faith. My daughter was asking me, Daddy, why do we see so many people doing so many foolish things and they're Muslims? And I told her, darling, because 80% of Muslims, approximately, don't know much about their faith. Their religious literacy is very little. They don't want to know. In fact, they don't want to invest time in knowing. How do you expect to keep your children in Islam when you don't know, when knowledge is not your, the very basis of everyday conversation, when your children are too busy watching television while you're playing with the phone, or they're watching uh, 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 YouTube channels on their iPhone, iPad, while you're busy eating your wonderful food and thinking about amazing investments for the future. What about their brain? What about Islam in their intellect? Brothers and sisters, I'll finish. Wallahi, on the Day of Judgment, Allah will say, I showed you the path. I showed you the path. You could have accepted it and been grateful or you could have rejected it. But what would the children say? Ya Allah, we were not shown the path by our parents, our mosques, our imams, our society. What will we say then? We were not shown any of those. May Allah forgive us. Ya Rahman Rahimin. Ya Akramul Akramin. Protect our children, Ya Allah. Bless us, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin. Return our beautiful children to your deen, Ya Allah. And keep them to it, Ya Allah. Ya Muqallib al-Khuloob, thabit Khuloobana ala deenik. Ya Muqallib al-Khuloob, thabit Khuloobana ala deenik. Ya Muqallib al-Khuloob, thabit Khuloobana ala deenik. Rabbana, la tuzik Khuloobana ba'day hadaytana wahablana min ladunka rahma inna kanta al-wahab. Inna kanta al-wahab. Inna kanta al-wahab. Rabbana, taqabbal minna inna kanta samu al-alim. وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر البغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة